Well, our, our level up topic today, uh, I believe, is one that touches every one of us in this room. Every one of us has either uh, been hurt by someone and we've tried to forgive that person, or maybe you have hurt someone and uh, you have offered an apology and you're in, a, you're in need of a, for, a forgiveness this morning. Maybe you, you're not quite getting what you're hoping. Uh, and so um, whatever the case may be, I think as soon as maybe you saw that pop up there and you saw what our topic was this morning, I know for a lot of people, when they see forgiveness, all of a sudden immediate pain just kind of comes through and you start thinking about a person or an event that, that in your past has caused you some pain or, or for others of you, it's a memory that just pops up in your mind and, and it causes you some grief or some resentment or bitterness. And here's what I know about forgiveness. It's a hard thing. It's, it's a very irritating thing. It's much easier to to, to not deal with our issues and to hold grudges and to uh, have some resentment inside of us than it is uh, to, to actually reconcile with other people. Uh, I know there's a lot of people that think if I could just, you know, take this issue and just put it under the, the carpet, it'll just go away. There, there are no magic carpets that make situations go away. It's always under the surface somewhere. And there are people that we have tried to forgive, but uh, it, maybe it's just too difficult or we're sure that we'd be just you know, better off if we just let it go and just never, never deal with that person again. But here's what we need to know about God. God places a huge priority and premium on relationships and on the issue of making sure that our relationships are right with one another and that they're free from resentment, they're free from bitterness. And so today I want to tackle uh, this tough issue of, of forgiveness and before we do that, let me give you just a good working definition of forgiveness. The, the word forgiveness actually means to, to let something go, to send it away, to release. And you say, where did you get that definition from? Well, in the New Testament, in several places, the Greek word apeluo means to forgive. And again, it means to let something go, to send it away, to release it. And as I've been praying for all of you here today, throughout this past week, knowing that I was going to speak on that, that's my prayer for you today. Is that as you think about things that have wounded you, that God would give you the strength to, 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 to just let that go. As, as you have, uh, you know, dealt with bitterness in your life, that you would have just the, just the ability through God's strength to, to allow bitterness to be, you know, moved off of your life. And you'd be able to release grace upon a person or situation that, that, that maybe has has caused you pain in the past. Well, in Matthew chapter 18, and if you have your Bibles, that's a good place to go to. That's where we're going to be camped out here today. Jesus addresses this tough issue of forgiveness. Now, one of his disciples, one of Jesus' disciples, Peter, who Jesus was very intimate with, um, is having a conversation with Jesus here in Matthew chapter 28. And the question comes up in verse 21. Peter says, Lord, how often will my brother sin against me and I forgive him? As many as seven times, asking a question. Now, the reason that Peter asked this question is he was responding to Jesus' previous instructions on how we're to handle someone that sins against us. In other words, what if someone keeps hurting me? What if, keeps sinning, what if someone keeps sinning against me? Jesus' Jewish law says that I need to forgive them three times. Do you, you know, should I level up and go to seven times? And Jesus basically takes this to a whole new level. And he says in verse 22, I do not say to you seven times, but instead I say 77 times. Now, if, you've re- if you have um, memorized this verse, whether it's in the King James or the new, uh, new, new International Version or whatever that looks like, you probably have memorized the words 70 times seven. 
And that's what this means here. And, and what Jesus is saying is, no, 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 I don't want you to, to, to forgive someone 490 times. No, I want your forgiveness to be unlimited. I don't want you keeping score. I, I, I don't want you uh, to hold grudges against anyone. I want it to be unlimited. So Jesus raises the bar and he goes level up on forgiveness. And he says, listen, don't keep score when it comes to this issue. Because if you're keeping score, then you really haven't forgiven in the first place. And then Jesus takes it further and begins to tell a story, actually a parable, about a servant who was hopelessly in debt to a king. And Jesus begins a story by telling us that there was this king who basically wanted to call in his, all of his financial accounts, um, all of his servants. And so one of the servants that he brought before him was a guy who owed him quite a bit of money. Matter of fact, he owed him over a million dollars. Now, there was no bankruptcy court back then. There was no way to, to settle issues like this in front of a judge. And so a king would make things real simple. If a debt couldn't be paid, then the king would take the man, he would take the, 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 the man's spouse, his kids, and whatever else he owned, and he would put it on an auction block and it would be sold like, almost like a slave block. And that would cancel the debt out. And that's what Jesus is referring to in this story. But Jesus calls... Jesus tells us that this man begins to beg. He doesn't want to be sold on an auction block. He doesn't want his wife and his kids be, to be put on a block like that. And so the, the Bible says in verse 26 that the servant fell on his knees, imploring Jesus, basically saying this, have patience with me and I will pay you everything. Now, there's no way this man could pay off this debt. Not in this lifetime, not in many lifetimes. It was absolutely impossible. This man needed someone to forgive him. And so using this story, Jesus begins to explain why we need to learn how to forgive. And that's where we're going to jump into this outline a little bit. Why do I need to level up in the area of forgiveness? Well, first of all, as we're going to see in the story, because God has offered to forgive me. Now, this man in this story is just pleading for forgiveness. And I want you to look at the king's response in verse 27. He says, out of pity for him... The king, the master of the servant, released him and forgave him the debt. What a king. No strings attached. This king gives this man a free gift. He forgives a debt of over a million dollars. Now here's the parallel in the story. The Bible says that every one of us in this room right now, we have all, we all owe God a debt that we can't pay. All right, Romans 3.23 says we have all sinned. And the Bible says that the debt is so large that I could never repay this in my own and neither can you. But because God loved us so much in his grace and in his mercy, he sent Jesus to pay this debt of sin, to wipe, it, wipe, to, to wipe the slate clean for us. And for those of us who choose to receive this gift of faith by his grace, God the Father has chosen to forgive us. He's chosen to cancel all debts. He's chosen to allow us to start over with the, the, the clean slate. And that's incredible news. But it's also the kind of attitude that God wants us to have towards other people. He has forgiven a debt that was impossible for us to pay. He's forgiven my sins and he wants us to forgive others as well. Now imagine how you would feel today. If someone walked up to you and said, listen, I just erased a huge debt. Maybe you owed like this guy a million plus dollars. And someone said, listen, I've just forgiven that for you. Or, you know, maybe to be a little bit more real to life, you owe some money on a credit card and it's just like a burden on you. And someone said, hey, listen, I just want you to know I paid that credit card debt off for you. I mean, you'd be relieved. You'd feel this sense of, of freedom and gratitude. Well, let's see how this guy feels after, how he responds after this debt was paid. Verse 28. 
But when that same servant went out, he found one of his fellow servants who owed him a hundred denarii. And seizing him, he began to choke him saying, pay what you owe. So his fellow servants fell down and pleaded with him, have patience with me and I will pay you. He refused and went and put him in, in prison until he should pay the debt. Now here's a guy, didn't owe this other guy a million plus dollars. He owed basically $17. Now remember, this other guy's been forgiven a multi-million dollar debt. And now he is throwing this other guy into prison because he can't pay his debt off. Now, why did this man do this? Well, because he never truly understood forgiveness. He's just been completely set free from this king, from his master, from an enormous debt. But he can't set another man free because of an insignificant debt he's owed. This man actually grabs his debtor by the neck, begins to choke him, demanding that he be paid. And just so you know, that was completely legal under Roman law back at this time. If someone owed you money, you could choke them out. But listen, that's exactly what we do to people that we hold a grudge towards. We choke the life out of them. We, we, we hold them hostage. We imprison them. When I meet people who are harsh or, or judgmental or unbending or demanding or negative or unforgiving, it usually means that they've never completely understood the full extent of, of their sin and, and the amazing grace and forgiveness that they have received from Jesus Christ. They've never realized the magnitude of what God has done for them. Here's the attitude that we're called to live uh, by as Christ followers. In Ephesians chapter 4, verse 38, Paul says, Instead, be kind to each other, tenderhearted, forgiving one another, just as God through Christ has forgiven you. The key to forgiveness is to realize how much God has forgiven me every single day. When I feel forgiven, I can be more forgiving. Now, here's the second reason we need to level up when it comes to forgiveness, and this is huge. It's because bitterness will destroy my life. Bitterness will destroy my life from the inside out. Matthew 18, 31 says, when his fellow servants saw what had taken place. All the other servants are looking at what this guy now is doing to his, his friend. It says they were greatly distressed and they went out and they reported to their master all that had taken place. They go back to the king and say, listen, can you believe what this guy has done? You just forgave him this huge debt. Now look how he's treating his friend. The Bible says, then his master summoned him and said, you wicked servant. I forgave you all the debt because you pleaded with me. And should not you have had mercy on your fellow servant as I had mercy on you? And in anger, his master delivered him to his jailers until he should pay all of his debt. So also my heavenly father, Jesus is saying, will do to every one of you if you do not forgive your brother from your heart. I mean, the king said, listen, if you're going to be unforgiving, then I'll be unforgiving as well. And he hands the man over to the jailers, not only to be imprisoned, but also to be tortured. When you have unforgiveness in your heart and bitterness in your life, what happens? It tortures you. It robs you of all of your joy. It, it wraps you up in a prison and it basically binds you up. It, it produces inner conflict in your life. Sometimes the, the person that you're actually holding a grudge towards, they're not even aware that you're upset at them. They have no clue that, that, that you're holding some, some kind of grudge and you're the one that's paying the price for all of this. Hebrews chapter 12 verse, verse 5 says, Look after each other so that none of you fails to receive the grace of God. Watch out that no poisonous root of bitterness grows up to trouble you, corrupting many. Now think for a moment about living out your life with a bitter heart. There's one thing that I've learned as, as I've gotten older. Life is precious. Time is precious. 
As you get older, you realize the days are short. It's not worth it to live. It's not worth it living your life with this kind of unhappiness. But that's what bitterness and resentment does to us. When we fail to forgive, God doesn't lock us up in a jail. God doesn't imprison us. We do that to ourselves. We rehearse that hurt over and over again. And it becomes bigger and bigger and bigger. And it continues to hurt us long, long after it's happened. And there are so many people that that are locked up in a self-inflicted prison of of resentment and guilt. Resentment of what others have done to me. Guilt over maybe what I've done to other people. Bitterness is a root that grows up in your life. And what happens? It eventually chokes out the joy in your life. And and just, it gets rid of the happiness that that, 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 that you used to have. And Hebrews says, not only does it poison you, but it poisons everyone around you. It poisons your, your, your spouse, it poisons your marriage, it poisons your kids, it spreads out to your friends. And so if you're not careful, bitterness will destroy your life. And then the third reason we need to level up here is because God has asked me to forgive. Romans 12 thir- uh, verse 18 says, if, any, if it is possible, as far as it depends on you, live at peace with everyone. Honestly, forgiveness really just comes down to simple obedience. God puts this in our corner and he says, listen, as much as you possibly can, live at peace with everyone. Now, as I, I, some of you have heard me talk about this before, but many years ago I decided um, that I was really going to focus on my physical health, on my spiritual health, but just take it things to new level, emotional health, relational health. And um, so a few years back I decided to, to do a little maintenance in my life when it came to relational and even emotional health. And I asked God, I said, I want you to help me forgive everyone that I've been holding unforgiveness towards in my life, over my whole life. And so... I, made, I, I went back to my earliest memories and I asked God to bring up anyone or anything that was causing bitterness in my life. And I made a commitment. I said, Lord, as you bring these things to my mind, I'm going to do whatever I need to do to, to, to reconcile things or to extend forgiveness. And honestly, as I got into this, I didn't think I had a whole lot of bitterness. I didn't think there was a lot of unforgiveness inside of me. But as I started scrolling back over my earliest memories of childhood, all of a sudden, there's some painful things that started coming up. I started thinking about people that hurt me or said cruel things, hateful things to me. And I realized, you know what, this is tougher than I thought it was going to be. Because there was some stuff there that I realized I had never truly dealt with. But I went through each person and each situation. And as as best I could, I just forgave them. I decided to let it go, to send it away, to release it. And then I began to work my way through middle school and through high school. Those, Those are some painful years for people got into college and I started thinking about about coaches and teachers and I started thinking about painful friendships and relationships and how those things impact me today. And out of of obedience to the Lord, I just said, Lord, I'm choosing to to forgive those things, those people. And I'll tell you what, it was freeing. There were people that I hurt in college and as much as I could, I had to seek out their forgiveness. And then I got into, you know, what has turned into 29 plus years of ministry for me. And I started thinking about, you know, just people that have hurt me along the way or those that I've hurt. And I, then I started making phone calls and sending out emails and I was asking for forgiveness and I was offering forgiveness. And then I started dealing with my kids and people that had hurt my kids in the past. As I started thinking about teachers and coaches and people and that's where you really get into it, by the way. I mean, that's tough. And I started doing my best to, in my mind to f- offer that forgiveness. And listen, it didn't happen just in one day, one afternoon. This became a process for me. And it was, it was very tiring. But it was also my way of just saying to God, listen, I want to be freed up from this. As I go into, at that time, my, my mid-40s and into my 50s, I, w- I don't want this on my life. I want to be healthy. 
I see a lot of guys, I just moved into my 50s two years ago. I see a lot of guys, especially guys, who go into their 50s with a lot of bitterness and anger. I see a lot of pastors in my profession who go into this stage of life with a lot of resentment. I want to be freed up from resentment and bitterness and guilt. With God's grace and strength, I want the relationships of my life to be right before God. And here's the thing, I want that for you as well. I'm praying for that for you as well. As I went through this, it was painful, it was exhausting, but it was also very liberating and very freeing. Here's how I know how I've forgiven someone. How do I feel about them when I think about them or when someone brings them up to me? When I think about their name, someone pops it back in my mind, you know, someone mentions that person, what are the thoughts that go through my mind? That's how I truly know if, if I've really forgiven someone. Do, do bad thoughts come up? Do painful thoughts? Do, do bitterness? Or do I go, you know what? Listen, I, that, maybe that person hurt me, but man, I'm, I'm fine with them. Or I'm praying for them. Or I realize why they were the way they were. But here's what we need to know. God has asked us to forgive. Now, here's another reason to level up. And this is important because I'm going to need forgiveness in the future. Jesus says at the very end of this parable, so also my heavenly father will do to every one of you if you do not forgive your brother from your heart. Somebody said to John Wesley one time, the old pastor, he says, I could never forgive that person. And Wesley said, then I hope you never sin. According to Jesus, in order for us to maintain close, intimate fellowship with God the Father, we have to be willing to let others, people go in that realm. We have to be willing to offer people forgiveness, to keep a list of, uh, our, our list of accounts very short. Because our ability to receive forgiveness from God in the future is connected to our willingness to give forgiveness to other people right now. Now, I know this is tough. I know this is a very tough topic for some of you. And some of you may be thinking, you know what, Brian, it's easy for you to stand up there and say all of that stuff behind that podium, but you have no idea what I've been through. And you're right, I don't. And some of you have no idea what I've been through. I mean, I tell you a lot of things, but I don't tell you everything. It's some very painful stuff. All right, some of you I know have deep wounds that for some of you are gonna require some counseling. And I've had to do some of that as well. But let me give you just a little bit more about forgiveness so you get the whole picture of what I want to say here today and what the Bible talks about. Because there are some myths about forgiveness that sometimes either we believe or people put on us. Forgiveness is not about minimizing the seriousness of the offense. Okay? It's not saying that the other person isn't wrong. Forgiveness is not saying it didn't hurt me. It's not saying it, was, it wasn't a big deal. It was a big deal. It hurt. Forgiveness says you hurt me intentionally, but I'm offering you forgiveness. Forgiveness is also not the immediate restoration of trust. Forgiveness is instant, but trust is something that has to be earned. It's something that must be built up over time. I've dealt with several people in this church, marriages, who, where there has been an abuse situation or an affair. And a lot of times the guilty spouse will say, this isn't going fast enough for me. They didn't really forgive me because they still don't trust me. And what we need to understand is forgiveness and trust are two different things. Forgiveness is something that you're given that you may not deserve. Trust is something you earned. Trust is something that's earned over time. Forgiveness is a choice. You don't wait for the feelings to come. Obedience to God says, listen, I'm going to forgive. We allow the feelings to come later, but forgiveness is obedience. You may have to, and you may have to forgive again and again and again. There are times in my life where a name will pop up and I'll go, okay, I need to forgive that person again. Because obviously there's something still there, all right? Forgiveness is also not resuming a relationship without change. Now, I know this is something that people worry about when it comes to forgiveness. 
If I forgive, does that mean that I just have to open myself up to that same hurt again? No, you don't. Forgiveness is something you offer when you're offended. But if a relationship is going to be restored, there has to be, and we know, repentance, there has to be restoration, restitution, and when possible, a rebuilding of trust. But we're responsible to forgive whether or not any of that happens. Forgiveness is not based on the other person's response or whether they accept it or not. You forgive because you realize that God has forgiven you and you don't want to be trapped in resentment. You don't want to be imprisoned by bitterness. Forgiveness doesn't just set someone else free. It sets you free. It sets you free. And let me say this, because this is important. We have people in here, even today, that are in an abusive situation or maybe their children are in danger. They're in a bad place. Forgiveness does not mean you go back into a bad or dangerous situation. It doesn't mean you expose yourself or someone you love to unsafe conditions, okay? Very important that we get that full picture. So who do I need to forgive? Who do I forgive? Well, three tests. One is the blame test. Do I blame someone else for my unhappiness, for for my loss of joy? Who's that person that goes through my mind when when I'm struggling with resentment? All right, who's that person that maybe you're blaming right now for for the unhappiness in your life? The second test is is the bitterness test. Have I been keeping score? Some of you may have have had a, a spouse that wounded you deeply and you're still holding it over your head even though they've asked you for forgiveness, even though they've, they've worked to earn your trust. You basically decided in your mind, I'm gonna make them pay for the rest of their life. And yet you're the one paying. Your marriage is paying. Your, your kids are paying. Your family's paying. Maybe it's a relative who hurt you or a friend who was disloyal or a spouse who hasn't lived up to your expectations and you're keeping score. And you've decided... They owe you one, one that, that they could never repay. Listen, it's time to let that go. It's time to release that and send it away to forgive. The other one's the behavior test. It's do I react towards someone because they remind me of someone else? Some of you, uh, you guys have been maybe a bad, in a, or ladies, you're in a bad relationship with your, with your father. You grew up in a bad relationship with your father and you've been taking it out on your husband. Maybe, maybe you, you you had a bad relationship with your mother and you, you've been taking that out on your wife. You're transferring all of that hurt and resentment onto the wrong person. You're making an innocent party pay for the wrongs of someone else. Let me tell you how you get beyond that. Forgiveness. You, you need to, to once and for all offer forgiveness, to let it go, to send it away, to release it. Early in my marriage, I, I would react towards Amy in a very negative way because of past hurts and I had from a past relationship. And I remember Amy would look at me and she'd say, Brian, I'm not so-and-so. A broken engagement situation that I went through before I got married. And she'd look at me and she goes, I'm not that girl. And I was taking out my pain on the wrong person. I realized that there was still some hurt over past situations and I needed to forgive that person who hurt me. So how do I forgive? How do we forgive this morning, this afternoon? Well, first of all, we have to recognize where forgiveness needs to take place. And it just starts with honesty. It starts with, with a willingness, honesty about the fact, you know what? This person's hurt me. And the willingness to say, I'm going to forgive them. And then I relinquish my rights to get even. And this is really at the very heart of forgiveness. This is what forgiveness is all about. Romans 12, 19 says, Dear friends, never take revenge. Leave that to the righteous anger of God. For the scriptures say, I will take revenge. I will pay them back, says the Lord. You are saying, even though you deserve to be hurt back, 
Even though you deserve everything you're going to get, I'm choosing not to be the one that dishes it out. I'm choosing not to do it. I'm giving up my right to get even with you. What about the times, Brian, when people hurt me or they hurt my kids and they continue to hurt me and they hurt others? The Bible says, don't avenge yourself. Let God take care of that. One day, God's going to, the Bible says God's going to settle all the scores. He's going to call in all the accounts like the king did in the story. He'll have the last word. And what this comes down to, it comes down to trust. Can I take this hurt and put it in God's hands and let him deal with it so that I can be freed up? How can I let God, can I let God deal with this so that I can liberate myself? Well, how do we, how do we forgive? How do we approach this? If you can do faith, if you can meet with someone face to face, I think that's always the best. But sometimes it's not possible. Sometimes it's not even advisable to go back to a person that maybe that, that's hurt you. Maybe they've moved, you have lost contact with them. Forgive them and let them go. Maybe, maybe they've, they've died. You just need to settle that just between you and God. Maybe they've remarried. It's probably not the best way, best thing to go back to a situation and dig things up again. Sometimes forgiveness is what happens inside of you. It's only what got you and God see. But here's the thing. It releases you from bitterness and from resentment. It releases the pain. It says, listen, I'm not going to let you control me anymore. So I give up my right and I let it go. I give up my rights to, to get even with you and I let it go. I send it away. I release it. And then you respond to evil with goodness and grace. Over the years, as I've counseled people through the issue of forgiveness, I've noticed that when someone has truly forgiven someone, their attitude towards that person begins to change. Sometimes they will actually want to pray for them because they realize the root of what caused them to be ugly to them in the first place. Sometimes they begin to see that other person for, for who they really are and what's going on in their life. And, and again, they want to pray for that, for healing. Luke chapter 6, verse 27, 28 says, but to, but to you who are willing to listen, he says, I, the Lord says, I... I say, love your enemies, do good to those who hate you, bless those who curse you, pray for those who hurt you. That's tough. That, that, that is a tough verse to be obedient to. But here's what we need to know. You can't accomplish that in your own strength. It takes God's power to love, to really love your enemies, to learn how to pray for those people. You have to fill your life up with his love and his peace and with his forgiveness because human love always wears out. Which leads me to this next point. We have to rely on God's strength. We have to rely on his power. For some of you, you've been holding on to a grudge for so long that it's actually become part of your life. It's like a third limb that you carry around. It shapes your attitudes. It shapes your decisions. And if you're not careful, it's going to shape your future. How do I forgive when the pain is so deep and the hurt is so great? You rely on God's strength. You rely on God's grace. In 2 Corinthians chapter, um, I believe it's chapter 12, the Apostle Paul is talking about this painful issue he was dealing with. No one was quite sure what it was. I mean, we still to this day, the Bible calls it a thorn in the side, a thorn in the flesh. We don't know if it was a, a literally a physical ailment or something, some, a sin issue or whatever it was that Paul was dealing with. But Paul says it was so intense, it kept coming back on him that he begged God three times to take it away. He said, I pleaded with God to take it away. Three different occasions. But each time the Lord would come to Paul and say these words, Paul, my grace is sufficient for you. My power is made perfect in weakness. And I want you to know that that grace that God promised to Paul, that's available to you today. That grace that is sufficient, it's available to you today. God has the power to help you forgive whoever's hurt you, no matter how long the pain's been there. You just have to rely on his strength today. And then finally, 
refocus on God. How do I forgive? Refocus on God and refocus on his plan for your life. I stop focusing on the offense. I stop focusing on the hurt. I stop focusing on the person who hurt me because they don't control me any longer. Instead, I begin to focus on God's plan and his purpose for my life and why he created me. You become what you focus on. You become what you focus on. So how do I refocus? Well, if there's anyone that had a reason in the Bible to be bitter, to have resentment in his life, it was Job. Job was a guy who, I mean, had everything. And Satan came to God one time and said, hey, I want to mess with Job. And God gave him permission. And Job lost it all. His health was bad. He lost everything he had. And God says to Job in Job 11, he says, put your heart right, Job. Put your heart right. Reach out to me. Reach out to God. Put away evil and wrong from your home. Then face the world again, firm and courageous. Think about how do I refocus? Listen, I put my heart right before God. And I release that person that's hurt me. You forgive them. And then you reach out to God and you let his love fill you. And if you've never received his forgiveness, he offers it to you today. It doesn't matter what you've done. His purpose for your life is for you to know him. And then you face the world again, firm and courageous. You take the walls down. You come out of your shell and you allow God to heal you. It doesn't mean that you're not going to be hurt again in the future. But it does mean that you've chosen not to be a victim anymore. And through the strength of Jesus Christ, you're going to start living again. And when you do that, when you do that, look at what Job, look at what this Bible, the Bible says. God says in Job eleven sixteen, then all your troubles will fade from your memory like floods that are past and remembered no more. Then all your troubles will fade from your memory like floods that are past and remembered no more. This afternoon, I want you to know God offers you forgiveness. He offers you forgiveness from a sin debt that you could never pay. Spend the rest of your life trying to do it. You won't even come close. You won't scratch it. For some of you today, who in your life needs to be forgiven? Some of you need to forgive yourself. Some of you may need to forgive God. I want us to bow our heads for just a moment. If you're here today, you've never been forgiven of your sin. You've never made right, things right between you and God. You've never asked Jesus Christ to forgive you. I want you to pray with me right now. Just say, Lord, I repent of my sin at this moment, which means I changed my mind about it. I receive into my life at this moment because of what Jesus has done for me on the cross. When he paid the debt for my sin, I receive your forgiveness. I receive your grace. I receive your goodness into my life. I receive your gift of salvation. You're offering it to me, Lord, by grace, and I receive it through faith. And I ask, I ask this to be my story, my salvation moment, my moment where I'm rescued from not only a life without you, but an eternity without you. And Lord, I receive salvation into my life. I put my faith and trust in what Jesus Christ has done for me. And if you prayed that with me just now, I want you to get your Get Connected card out. Take it up. Bring it up to the front after the service. Take it out to the help center. We want to help you to take your next step with the Lord. For some of you today, with heads still bowed, who in your life needs to be forgiven? Who do you need to let go? Who do you need to release? Who needs to be, what needs to be sent away? What pain in your life needs to be sent away? Send it away right now. Put it before the Lord. Rely on his grace and strength and let it go. For some of you, you need to forgive yourself. You've done something to someone else and 
Maybe they keep reminding you of it. And even though you've asked for forgiveness, maybe they've forgiven you, but you can't forgive yourself. Listen, today's your day. Let it go. Send it away. Release it. Maybe for some of you, you're, you're, you need to forgive God. I know back in 2004 when my dad died in a, in a tragic accident, for about a year I was struggling. I was bitter. I was angry. So much of my bitterness was directed towards God, and it was tough. And I had to reconcile in my heart that God was truly a good father. The first time that I had ever really had to just dig down and deal with that, that he really, truly loved me, that he had my best in mind, even though I couldn't see that. And for some of you today, you've been through some tough things. Some bad things have happened in your life. And you've thought, God, you could have, you could have stopped that. Why didn't you stop that? You allowed that to happen to me. God loves you. He's a good father. Receive his love today. Let that become part of your story. And for, just say, Lord, I'm releasing this today. I'm, I've had some bitterness and, and resentment towards you. I release this today. Lord, you don't need that from me. I need it for myself. This is an inside out thing. I need to be freed up from the inside. Whatever it is that you need today, whatever you need forgiveness or you, you need to forgive someone else, bring that before the altar today. We're gonna stand and sing right now. Just an awesome song. I've asked our band to sing this morning. Oh, come to the altar. I know for sometimes, and, and I'm like this sometimes, I, sometimes I need to symbolically bring something and set it down and walk away. And these steps, if they can be an altar for you today on both sides of this podium, let that be the place where you come. If you need some reconciliation in your marriage, let's stand. You need some forgiveness in your life. You need to forgive someone else. Why don't you bring that to the, to the Lord today? You can do it at your chair, you can do, but you can do it up here as well. Lord, help us to move today however you've called us to move. And we pray this. Thank you for the freedom that you're offering us today for the slate to be made clean, not just in our spiritual lives, but Lord, in our relational aspect as well. And we receive this in Jesus' name, amen.